Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 57 of Movie Around Minutes, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Little Eddie from the Super Live Adventure Podcast. Welcome back, Eddie. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you back. <laughs> Just, All right. Uh, you know, we'll roll everything out to runway two niner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm hoping we can save this plane. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're rolling stuff out to save the plane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they have other other things in mind, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So, minute fifty seven begins with John continuing to be heroic and ends with a wing. Being engulfed in flames. Oh. Yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday we we ended things off with uh, John, you know, creating uh, two flares and trying to flag down the plane that maybe they will notice that they are not as low as they think they are. I don't know. Uh, or maybe they will realize that they are lower than they, they are. I don't know. A valiant but ultimately uh, fruitless effort. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, this is this is the real downer that we're about to get into right now. Yeah. But hey, you chose this week, so you can't you can't complain about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is true. This is true. You know, this is this is the heart of the movie right now. <laughs> yes. It really is. And so, you know, we, we see John still trying to, to 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 wave off the plane. And then we get a lot of, you know, airplane jargon between Colmini and, and the other two guys. He goes, uh, approach flaps, approach flaps, approach speed, 140, approach speed, 140, 130, 130, altitude, 1,000 feet. Oh, and the tragedy is you're sitting there. It's like, oh, these guys are doing their job. They're doing it well. And they have no idea. They have no idea. Mm. Well, at least yeah. they were wearing their seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But every, you know, but every, everyone just like in, just like in control is just telling, no, 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 you're too low, you're too low. Right. Well, that's the, that's the thing that that that's even more gut wrenching. You know, the fact that you're they're sitting there and they know the truth. So you have that, you know, the guy on looking at the ILS uh, system and he's like, you're only at 800 guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which that I think is even more heartbreaking. To listen to that yeah you know because yeah. because they're they're letting them listen to everything as it's going on yeah pulling out your heart you, know, you, you think right he's there. like mm-hmm. that's right you you think he would like uh you know try to maybe look away i don't know it's not really gonna help and and what's what's great is did you see that there's like a a little cartoon that that's sitting that he has on his uh, dashboard. Now I can't read what it says. There's, if you look at the at second fourteen, you can see it, but it it looks like Santa Claus. You know, I Ooh. can't really read what 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 the joke is. Oh yeah. But yeah yeah yeah, it looks like it's yeah some kind of oh oh you yeah you're talking about the air traffic controller yeah it looks like there's some kind of thing there. I wonder if that's like a pull up you know like one of those uh, pull away calendars um you think it's i don't think this is a calendar no 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 i mean, I mean calendar? no 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 i mean it, it might be it's like probably like a christmas card 
Okay. You know, I, cause I was going to say sometimes like, you know, on, you know, the, my dad used to have a far side calendar, like the, those like pull a days, you know, he might've just kept one and taped it on t- taped it on there. Um, but yeah, yeah, it does look like a, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't really make it out. Um, but there is, you know, something there just to, you know, one of those mementos you would keep by your off by, you know, by your, de- by your office desk, just to remind you of the outside world. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I did a search and I couldn't. I couldn't find it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you if you if you just if you type in Santa cartoon sitting in a lounge chair, you know, you're gonna get a hell of a lot of stuff results. Of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was trying to figure out a way of of trying to, uh, you know, cut it down a little bit more, but you know, because mm-hmm. even even if you add in Die Hard too, that doesn't really help you. <laughs> it gives you other 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 things but nothing uh, it gives you mostly pictures of die hard too uh, you get one picture of john you get one picture of john with a cigarette and you see a santa behind him you know, that's <laughs> as close as it gets yeah you know for this uh thing so so if anyone out there actually knows what this cartoon is and what it says uh feel free to, to let us know sure uh, i'd be interested in, in in finding out what it is that's in that cartoon bubble that that Santa's because you can see that he's got his his hands behind his head, and there's a uh, and there's like a lamp next to him and a Christmas tree on the other side, and yeah. you can see a like a, a, a clock. Yeah, he's he's apparently sitting in his living room. Mm-hmm. What is he saying? Maybe it says ho 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 at the beginning, but that's about it. You know. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Can't. Couldn't find that. Yeah. Uh, you know the, the, these things I, I love catching these things in movies and and i love even more when you're able to figure out what it is but this one is just a that it's just not focused enough for us to be able to tell what it is that uh that's that's written there yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'm just oh well looking. and and we don't get a poster shot at any point yeah mm-hmm. yeah now they they built all of these control panels right this is all um i'm trying to figure it's all out. in a it's all in a soundstage yes yeah yeah but i'm, I'm i wonder like what they use for reference because the way this is built where it's just you know it looks like it's just a monitor unit that's built into the desk and he's wearing uh he's wearing a um a headset yet there's a phone that's right next to the monitor and it just feels uh <laughs> well that's that's 1990 you remember it's not yeah. like it's today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it just weirds because if it feels it feels like contradictory or or redundant to have um to have to have the phone there when he's wearing the headset. Um and I'm just like trying to figure out like what is the station actually meant to do other than just look at the monitor and say, Yeah, that looks good. <laughs> no, apparently yeah. they're you know, they normally are in contact with, with the, the planes. Yes. So maybe the phone is the phone is maybe to tell Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and also he's holding a pen, but it doesn't look like there's any notes in front of him or even space for well, him what to write anything down. He, what type yeah. of notes is he going to write down? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. But no, but that's actually not a pen. Oh, really? I think that's that's to be able to change on the screen because that's how that's how uh, Stuart and his men changed it on the screen. Oh, used, okay. It's a stylus. The, uh, yeah. I don't know if that's what they called it back in you know 33 years ago, but uh, yeah. 
So that might have had a different name back then. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that that's not a normal pen. Maybe his, he's hoping that they're going to relinquish, uh, you know, control, and then he'll be able to quickly fix it and say, "All right, guys, you're, you know, you're 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 lower than you thought you are." <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. No way of us knowing that, unfortunately. Um, then then the, the shot goes back and we we get to see uh, Stuart once again. But right before it goes, we hear someone say in the background, fire and rescue, this is Cummings. Roll everything out to runway two niner. And again, I've never heard that before. I've never paid attention to that that little <laughs> line, you know, which is why it's great to sometimes look at um you know look look at the subtitles and actually pay attention to what's being what's being said and what's going on. Yeah. You know, and I, I like that that we then get a shot of Lorenzo actually using the, the binoculars. So I, I guess it, it goes to show that that uh, you know as good as his eyesight was yesterday, <laughs> today maybe he's missed it up, missing up. You know, maybe he's he's getting a little uh, you know uh, he's having having some tears, so it's it's much harder to see it with the with yeah. the naked eye. I don't know. Do you think he's hoping McLean gets run over? Um, if they're able to save the people on the plane, maybe. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You yeah. can be serious. That's okay. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that Lorenzo might actually think that. You know, he's saying, okay, let him save the plane, but in the process, <laughs> you know, get rid of this pain in the ass for me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and and then. Uh, you know the the shot changes again. This is the first time we actually we see a woman standing standing next to uh, Trudeau talking into a walkie-talkie, and I'm I'm trying to figure out who she's talking to and what she's doing. You know, the, the, people are very busy in this movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it, it, like noticing this now, there, I because I, I remember later in the scene there's a female voice that you hear. And I'm trying to figure out, was that just, and and I'm trying to figure out, did they just need to, um, you know, give the illusion that there was a woman in the control room? And but then no, you actually see that she's here. Um, well, it could it could have also been yeah. ADR. You never know. That would. That oh, would, of course. We don't know. Yeah. My yeah. assumption is it is. This this movie has a lot of ADR. Yeah. You, know, you can you can tell. Yes. But, yeah. But yeah. it works. It still it still helps. You know. Sure. I'm, I'm assuming the line I just read is also ADR. I don't think mm-hmm. there was a guy really standing there, you know, uh, you know, I don't think Cummings is really there, whoever Cummings is, because he's not credited anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, telling telling them to, to get everything closer to, to run with you. And then mm-hmm. Trudeau just looks as if he's he's lost it. Oh, poor Senator Thompson. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then then it goes back to uh, to Stuart, who is. Is nice and and uh, he's smirking, and then we, we see Garber who's smirking even more. Yes, you know Garber's very happy. Then it goes back and we see Thompson, who looks a little scared. You know he's, you know he's the one who's actually causing these these problems because he changed it on the ILS system. You yeah, know. yeah, a little trepidatious, a little bit like we're the good guys, right? You know. Um, yeah, aren't, aren't we doing something good here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then what's cool is they show us the screen and we see like an animation of the plane, you know, getting closer and we can see on top. It, it, 
it's pretty accurate. It says uh, WSA Flight 114. So, you know, Windsor, Windsor Air. And then this is the altitude and the descent rates and the airspeed. And it says, uh, then, but then it says Dulles Runway 25L. Yeah. So they got yeah. that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting to see, I mean, because you have the, the visual representation and, it, and it's the kind of thing um, that if you're paying attention, this may seem redundant, but I'm, there i'm sure there are plenty of people watching this who don't understand exactly how the bad guys are doing what they're doing and this is just that one last exposition of like just the full vi actual visual representation of they're telling this plane it's 200 feet higher than it really is that's right um that's right you know and it just because you see the blue line actually goes past below yes <laughs> yeah past ground level yeah, and then there's a whole bunch of other things that are on the screen that I don't really understand mm -hmm. what they're what they're trying to say. It yeah. says ALM for R042. Yeah. And then it says Asper uh, INT AML D14.7. Yeah. You know, it's it's all uh, yeah. you know little jargon. You know. Yeah. Maybe. You know, last yeah. last week with Hal, we talked a little bit about it that uh, some of the stuff makes sense that, that we see on the screen and mm -hmm. some of it doesn't. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. And Renner does explain in the commentary that um, this uh, this screen is not it was something that was built for the movie just because the science that they're using isn't actually real. Um, sure. In uh, our world. Yeah, but <laughs> but did make a point that that he thought it was important to show this screen, um, you know, and for, for again, like I said, it's just just to actually, you know, in case you haven't been following, we're just laying it all out right here, you know, right. just for, for all you visual learners. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, we, we hear the navigator say ref speed plus 20, 600 feet. And then Stuart goes looking good, Windsor. Now watch it. 30 knot crosswinds and the runway is icy. Attaboy. Yeah. We've yeah. gotcha. We've gotcha. Yeah. You and know, the, so, the determination in his face, you know, just, just yes. how focused his eyes. His, his eyes and that wry little smile that's starting to form. Yes. And and we, we get a shot, an external shot of the plane uh, descending. We see like the, the three lights and, uh, you know, I think you can see John on the ground. No, you see the lights on the ground that we that we were trying to find uh, yesterday. And we couldn't find. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and what what's funny is in the special features on the Blu-ray, they actually show that. Uh, oh no, it's not this sequence. It's one that's later. But it it it's similar where where there's like eight different locations that are yes. that are going yes, on yes, here. Yes, I've seen that one. I've <laughs> seen that one. That that's one as bronzes playing lands. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, but yeah, and and at this point, that that is a shot of an actual plane landing. Yes, um, that is correct. Yeah, that is correct. It, John is not really there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Bruce Willis is not really there, but they, they do get the shot of a plane landing. Um, and we see John screams, "No, pull up!" You know, as he's as he's still, uh, you know, yeah. waving waving those sticks. Do you, do you know what what the the real terminology is for the what? Uh, no, it's called no. aircraft marshalling. Okay. okay, which is visual signaling between ground personnel and pilots. Yeah, uh, and it could be at an airport, aircraft carrier, or on a helipad. Yeah, you guys um, with the the little short orange lightsabers. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. 
The, the usual equipment is, is they have a reflective safety vest, the helmet with acoustic earmuffs and gloves, or do you know what those little uh, glowing uh, miniature lightsabers are called? No. They're called uh, marshalling wands or handheld illuminated beacons. Wands. Okay. Interesting. My grandfather served in the Navy and he was a, a signalman. Um uh, which ba- basically was used, uh, used that same type of, I mean, he used like flags, but th- that same type of thing where he was, he was, um, uh, uh, actually communicating, uh, between boats. Uh, uh, it wasn't on an aircraft carrier, but, uh, it's the same type of principle where you're, you're, you're trying to use hand signals to communicate, um, across long distances. Right. And I mean, basically, this is mostly used in an airport for, uh, you know, for planes that are on the ground. <laughs> Actually, it's not mostly, it's <laughs> only used for yeah. planes that are on the ground where they want them to turn, slow down, stop, shut down engines. Uh, you know, they, they lead them to par- to where they're supposed to park or to the runway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes they could be in like a little car that, uh, you know, for them to follow them and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The taxiing, yeah. And in, in, you know, you see this in, in movies like Top Gun and stuff like that. They, the marshalers are usually wearing um, fluorescent uh, garments yeah. you know, with different colors in order for them to know, uh, you know, who they're dealing with it. And so, you know, during, in, during daylight hours, they use what are known as uh, high visibility paddles, which are slightly different than these little lightsabers. And at night, they, they need to use these self-illuminating wands. Mm, okay. Yeah, because I mean it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reason that that it's so important is because you know the the visibility that the that the pilots have because they're so high up isn't isn't always that great. So you need to make sure that they can actually see what's going on. Yeah. You know. Now he also mentioned Stuart mentions about the fact that there are there's a thirty knot crosswind. So I, I don't know anything about, uh, you know, the, the wind speed and stuff like that. But what I decided to look up on is, is, is 30, like, what's considered a, a dangerous amount of, of wind, right? So I, I actually found an article that talked about it, and it says that, that uh, you know, that, that high winds usually result in, in flights being delayed from, from taking off. But during landing, it's less of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually you have crosswinds that that uh, if they're in excess of 30 or 35 knots, they, they won't let people take off or land in general. Oh, OK. But if the crosswind is over 40. OK, then they the, the problem is, is it, this won't put according to this article, obviously, it doesn't put your flight in any real danger. You know, the idea is just to minimize the, the the possibility of something happening. So even if it's if it's much higher, you know, it's a question of just being aware of the fact of of how many knots are, are, are yeah, you know, being- the winds are. But it doesn't really matter. It's not it's not saying, OK, you know, it's it's too much to don't land at this point, at least. You know, he's giving him advice saying 39 crosswinds. So you're good. You know, yeah. just be aware that it's 30, 30 wind, 30 knot crosswinds. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit over, over the last few weeks. Now, 
my assumption is that Stuart and his men are actually trained to deal with uh, aircraft and things like that. You know, it, it's not something that they could have learned in these few days when they needed to prepare for this whole thing. You know, so even the the terminology that Stuart is using, you know, he may be a colonel in, in, in the army. He doesn't necessarily know all of this terminology. But if if part of what they do in their special ops is, you know, uh, I don't know, create or take over, uh, you know, airports, little airports or whatever it is, even, you know, so that they're, they're at least going to understand the jargon and, and what they're supposed to say. Yeah, or even if they have if they have pilots on the crew, or, you know, on the crew themselves, you know, would would know all the terminology and um, know all the things that they would have to comp- compensate for and be aware, be aware. True, of. But they, these guys are all supposed to be army, so well, I, even, I doubt that any of them would be would be officially designated as pilots. Well, unless even, there's people who have pilot training. I mean, even ar- the army has pilots, you know. Um, every, every, I think every branch except the Coast Guard has pilots, uh, you know, wh- whether it's for airplanes or, or, heli- or helicopters, um, wait, the Coast Guard doesn't have, they don't have, uh, Coast Guard, uh, helicopters. I, well, uh, that's true. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I, that I, I don't know, but, but even, even so, you know, I mean, you know, even, you know, you see, you see Navy, you know, whether it's Navy SEALs or whatever, they're all, you know, a lot of them are traveling on helicopters or, you know, C-130s or anything. So I'm sure some of them, some of them probably have some kind of flight training. Right. Okay. That's true. And then they're probably also guys that like uh, to do extreme. So they're gonna, you know, <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to go learn how to do these things on their, on their own free time. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, and, and, you know, John screams, no pull up, like, like they're really supposed to hear him, <laughs> you know, you know, same, you know, yeah. when you're watching someone else playing a video game, <laughs> you just want to, you just want to scream at them, you know, or just, you know, your, you know, your favorite sports team is screwing up. It's like, no, no, pass to him, pass to him. Or, or listen to a podcast. <laughs> no, that's not, come on. Don't you know what you're talking about? <laughs> So yeah, okay, that that, that is fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, then then we we get a shot uh, back in the plane itself. You know, after after he screams pull up, and you know, yeah. we see the shot from the cockpit showing how close the ground is. Now, do you notice that there's no snow on the ground here? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, John is in an area that is completely covered in snow, but they found a little patch to to land on or to crash into. <laughs> that doesn't have any snow on it. Yeah. You know, and this way they have the marking and therefore, you know, O'Brien and, and his, his compatriots uh, mm-hmm. actually know that they're about to hit the ground. Yeah. 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 You actually, you actually see, yeah. And everything is paved. <laughs> you know, you, you could see all, right. you know, all the, uh, all the street painting and, uh, and right. all they could do is just, you know, wait, cause it's too late. It's too late. That's right. Oh. And I, I love how how you know we see that the the co-pilot covers his uh, you know takes his arms grabs his arms up and screams Jesus and puts his you know put puts his arms in front of his face like that's gonna really help him. Yeah. But but O'Brien continues and he's mm-hmm. you know he's he's still doing all he can to the last very second to try to save that plane. Yep. Um, oh. And then 
then we see this this model plane, uh, you know, crash. And this and, is great model work. Yes, I mean, and and the fact that they they're able to break both of those uh, um, both of the wheels, and then you know one of one of the engines hits the ground and again no snow, and starts to spark. Yeah, you know that that that's done really well also. Uh, the the external shot of that, and then we see it like land on its back, and then they give us a shot that Rennie Harlan fought really hard to get, and that is a shot of people inside the plane realizing what's going on and that they're all about to die, including yeah. the little old lady that was that that they comforted, you know, last week. That don't worry, you know, we'll we're, we'll get you on the ground in no time. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm I'm sure she's screaming at the stewardess. This is not like British Rail. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> I didn't do any uh, research on on you know how many uh, crashes they've had on uh, British Rail. So you never know. <laughs> Anything is possible there. And you know we, we get to see like luggage fall out of the the overhead compartments and and people are really panicking here yeah and and then yeah and i know harlan filmed more from the inside and he talks yes. about mm-hmm. uh we'll, and, we'll, we'll get there tomorrow tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more yeah but 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 i'm just saying this is all you need like this is you don't need any more than that to to illustrate the, the horror of what's what these people are going through yeah for sure no he he knew what he was a lot of times when directors go to convince them to, you know, to not cut certain things, they know what's going to get cut. So yeah. they, you know, they, 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 they play the game in order to, to keep certain things that they want. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there, there, there's the give and take. And then we, we get a, another shot of the plane and we see the, the wing start to, to be engulfed by a flame as it skids on the runway. And then the the fire just gets uh, larger and larger, but it only still uh, engulfed one of the two engines at this point. Mm. And that's how this minute ends. Yeah. So do you have anything else uh, you wanted to say about this minute before we get into the script? I I did find it interesting that they, because it says Windsor right there. um, Yes, Windsor Air. Windsor Air, um, and that they wouldn't use a real airline like British Airways. Um, I thought that was You're an surprise. Uh, well, why would they? British <laughs> Airways would let them use this, uh, you know, that, to destroy the plane. That's true. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, well, I just I I I I'm curious to see how they came to choose Windsor, um, as the name of the airline, um. Yeah. Well, again, they have other flights that the, the other planes that we've seen so far. We saw Fuji Air, yeah, which isn't a real airline. We've seen Northeast, you know, NEA is the flight that Holly's on, which Northeast, the real Northeast airline, uh, was was bought up by I think Delta in 1971. So, okay, you know, it, it's it's also a fake name of a of a mm-hmm. of a plane. So mm-hmm. I I was actually shocked. I talked about this uh, a few weeks ago that you know they mentioned budget. You know, budget rent a car that they actually allowed them, I guess, to use the name. Hmm. But I mean, nothing bad happens here. This isn't plane change automobile, so you know, nothing, yeah. nothing happens there. <laughs> That's right. So the 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 script actually has a lot of added dialogue 
that's not in the movie. So it, it starts off with, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it starts off with Colmini saying, uh, wait a minute, something's something down there through the snow. Looks like a light. And then says Stuart is puzzled, but covers himself by saying, probably our runway system's coming back up. Don't worry about it if you're coming in on instruments. And the pilot goes, Roger, flaps down, airspeed 100 knots, 80, 70. The navigator says, RVR, quarter mile, altitude 1,000 feet, 800, reference plus 20. The McLean can now hear the plane's engines, and for a fleeting moment, he sees its lights between gusts of snow. McLean, no, no, Jesus, Mary, Mother of God, no, pull up, pull up. In the tower there, helpless, listening, watching, the plane's lights intermittently visible here. Growing closer, dropping, dropping. The navigator says, 600 feet. Looking good, Windsor. Watch it. There's a 30-knot crosswind, and the runway's icy. Attaboy. Attaboy. And then the navigator says, 400 feet, 200. In the cockpit, suddenly, from out of the darkness, the crew sees the runway right under them. Jesus. The pilot slams the controls. The plane tilts. Engines screaming. The crew, brilliant and skilled. But it's not enough. Not enough. The nose comes up, but the wingtip dips, catching the tarmac, and that's all it takes. The plane flips over, rolls inside the tumbling plane. Luggage tumbles in the cabin. People scream. For a split second, we hear the scream of men, women, and children, and then all we hear and see is an explosion. So it's it's very descriptive. In, yeah. In the <laughs> Yeah, and that extra dialogue is is unnecessary, and I think it would give Correct. you t- too much time to think. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, it's not needed. Even even the part where he sees McLean or he thinks he sees McLean, that that's yeah. not needed. That's just mm-hmm. uh, yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. All right. So every Tuesday I have a segment called Disaster Tuesday, where. You know, I try and find some type of uh, airplane disaster that's happened that is somewhat related to uh, my guest from a geographical perspective. So, and uh, usually there's somebody who passed away who was killed on the plane that, that, that we know or anything like that. So do you have any guess as to what I might have chosen for you? I, well, I'm trying to figure out, like, how close to Staten Island uh, you got or if it was something that was just in the general New York area. I got oh. very close to Staten Island. Oh, okay. All right. I I don't. I'm. Uh, well, it's because I know there was there there's a, um, there was an old airfield um that's actually not too far from where I live right now uh that was active during World War II. No, um, we're not going to go far that. We're not going that far back. It's, okay. Wait, I'll give you a from. It's it's definitely connected to JFK. Okay. Uh, then I then I don't know. Then I don't know. I don't know what's coming. Um, okay. So. So I wanted to talk about TWA uh, flight flight 800. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you do you remember how old were you in '96? Do you remember that? Uh, I would have been I would have been eight years old. I do I do remember seeing it on television, uh, seeing the coverage of it on TV, um, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the mystery as to you know what exactly happened and how it happened. Okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so in. Uh, uh, on July 17th, 1996, at around 8.31 uh, p.m., there was a flight uh, leaving JFK. Uh, 
uh, on its way to Paris, or actually it was on its way to to to, to Rome with a stopover in Paris. Mm. Uh, the plane basically uh, exploded in midair 12 minutes after takeoff. Um, 230 people that were on board uh, died in the crash. It is known as the third deadliest aviation accident in U.S. history. Um, it took more than four years for them to to finish the investigation, the NTSB, to try and figure out what exactly happened. It, it they they basically had the most extensive, complex, and costly air disaster investigation in U.S. history at the time. Which obviously, when they finished it in August of 2000, uh, just a year later, <laughs> they were going to get uh, something a little bit more complex that they were going to have to deal with. Mm. Yes. Uh, um, the conclusion of the, the report was is that the, the probable cause of the accident was an explosion of flammable fuel vapors in the central fuel tank. Um, but they, they, they still do not know this. Even. Think about it. It's been 20 years, 23 years since they, they, they filed the report, and there's still questions as to whether that's what happened or if maybe it was a short circuit. There are... Uh, we'll get to this in a second. There are a lot of conspiracy theories about the whole thing. Yes. Um, there are the 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 captain apparently had reported that he had gotten a whole bunch of crazy readings from from one of the systems uh, about two and a half minutes before the explosion. So there were there were 230 people that were on this plane, including 18 crew members and 20 off-duty employees. Most of them were people who were going to be the crew between the Paris Rome leg. Of the the flight, the of the 18 crew members, 17 of them were were, were Americans, and one of them was Italian. Of the passengers, 152 of them were Americans. Um, some of the notable people that were on this plane, uh, I, I don't recognize any of the names, but maybe some people will recognize some of them. Um, Michel uh, Breistoff, who was a French ice hockey player, uh, Marcel Dadi, who was a French guitarist, Lawrence Harris was an American fashion photographer, David Hogan, an American composer, Jed Johnson, who was Andy Warhol's partner for 12 years, Pam Leitner, who was a crime victim's rights advocate, and she herself was a former TWA flight attendant, um, Rico Pullman, who was a German fashion, fashion photographer, uh, Courtney Johns, who was the sister of Jeff Johns, and yes. was the inspiration... Right. She was the inspiration for who? Uh, Stargirl, super superhero Stargirl. Um, that Courtney that, Whitmore. Yes, Courtney right. Whitmore, um, who Johns wrote in comics uh, in the early 2000s and was adapted into a series on uh, the CW uh, 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 in the uh, late late in the early 2020s. Um, uh, that I was actually a big fan of and, and talked about a lot on the DC TV report. Alright, very cool. Um, there were 16 students and five adult chaperones from the French club at a, a from a school in Pennsylvania that were also on board. At the time, the the amount of web traffic. I mean, this is 1996. People weren't using the web as much, but the the the, the web traffic uh, the web traffic set records for internet activity at the time. Uh, CNN's traffic quadrupled, and they had. 400 uh, they had 4 million viewers uh, views per day the new york times website website had a traffic increase to 1.5 million views per day um, which was 50 percent higher than what they had beforehand and back in 1996 
There were few government websites that were updated daily, but the U.S. Navy crash website was constantly updated and had detailed information about the salvage of the, the crash site. So I mentioned earlier about the, the fact that there were conspiracy theories about this. Yes. There, to this day, there are people who still believe that either it was a terrorist uh, missile strike that, or there was a bomb on board, or maybe there was a Navy missile test that went, uh, that went wrong that caused it. Um, there was a documentary that came out in 2013 that alleges that the, the, re- the report that they gave was just a cover-up, and they actually found six members of the original investigation team that were all retired at the time, that uh, that were now retired in 2013, that uh, that all filed a petition to reopen the probe because something was not right. Now, I'm I'm a fan of Nelson DeMille. Have you ever read any of his books? Uh, I'm I'm I've heard of I've heard of him, but I've never read anything written by him. Okay, so he has a series of books uh, about a a. Uh, police officer named John Corey, who one of the one of his books, and this is actually, if I remember correctly, the first book I read of his is called Nightfall. The book Nightfall, it revolves around the fact that there's a couple who who witnessed and videotaped the crash. And, you know, mm-hmm. they saw some sort of, you know, they, they saw something stream up from, uh, you know, from from the ground, you know, and the whole book takes place there. And and he ties it into 9/11 and stuff. It's 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 really interesting the way the the whole thing uh, you know plays out. I I don't know I don't know what I believe. You know I'm not I'm not going to say that 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 I believe completely what what uh, the report says or not. I don't know enough about that. You know, but but uh, mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> it's a great book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah sure. I think just being a little kid at the time, that was the kind of thing where like. So you heard about it on the news, but you didn't really quite understand, you know, and I do remember there being a lot of speculations as to whether it was a terrorist attack or, yeah. um, or something else, uh, you know, just real, real tragedy. Yes. Yeah. Really was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Do you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you can, uh, uh, find me on Twitter at Lil Eddie O'Hare and, uh, uh, you can also listen to my capsule movie reviews on the Super Live Adventure podcast, uh, which drops Tuesdays, by the way, um, hosted by John Zaluga and Chris Sorrentino. Uh, and uh, and if you you want to catch up on some of my previous work, uh, you could you could hear me on the Wicked Theory podcast and the DC TV report. Uh, and I just recently recorded with Sarah Netsley and Bill Sweeney a DC TV report reunion. Uh, celebrating the finale, series finale of The Flash and uh, the end of the Arrowverse. So, uh, you know, it was a fun, fun little retrospective and, you know, a little, you know, uh, hey, how you doing? It's been a while. Um, you know, so uh, check check that out. And uh, I do have something else I am uh, have in development that I'm hoping to record a pilot for in the next week or so. But I'll have... More information for that come minute 60. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're doing that spoiler dropping again. That's, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rock Minute. You can find me on my website, movieroutminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So until tomorrow, yip kai If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air 
quaint little villages here and 